With one hand, we reach back to the tried and tested principles which have dethroned principalities and powers. And with the other, we reach forward to the purpose, the power of God for a new generation. You ready to crown Jesus king? No, king, sovereign, absolute, above all, none beside king. Not, not just savior, but savior. Not just healer, but healer. Not just deliverer, but deliverer. Not just provider, but provider. Not just my prosperity, but my prosperity. Not. Okay, I'll get you there by the time I'm finished. Crown him king, shout it. Today, I crown him king. God's a God of cycle. Get it down. God's a God of timing. Those of you at home, get something to write on because you're going to need it today. There are two calendars. First of all, there's the calendar that's on your cellular device. That's a Gregorian calendar. Some would call it a Babylonian calendar. And uh, the reason for that is it's based, that calendar is based in the solar system being directed by the sun. You got me? Your calendar that you use every day, most of you, is a Gregorian calendar. It works by the moon. That's the reason this year we will have to add a day. We do that about every seven years, I think. It's called a leap year. So all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, we get 366 days. Look at God. But we don't live in the kingdom by the Gregorian calendar. We live by the solar calendar. Preachers always bragging about their diamond embezzled Rolex. Last night I walked outside about 10.30, lifted my hands, and I looked at God's bedazzled timepiece. God's timepiece is in the heavens. It's a celestial calendar. It is not based upon the sun, but rather upon the cycles of the moon. So everything in ancient Israel and in Israel today operates from a different calendar than we have. That's the reason today I had everybody shout, Happy New Year. And three-fourths of you had no idea why I was saying, you thought I'd lost my natural mind. I'm not gone yet. So hang in here with me. The Hebrew year, which began on Friday at Rosh Hashanah, that is the Hebrew year 5784. 5784. So we are into 5784. Now, you in the natural are still in 2023. 
but we are ahead of you. You'll have to play, play catch up if you wait till January or December 29 to shout Happy New Year when the clock strikes midnight and you watch that ridiculous ball fall down. In that, everything man does is backwards. Why does the ball drop? That sounds like an ending to me. I think the thing ought to shoot up. Everything with human persons is backwards. We say north, south, east, west. When God talks about directions, he begins with the east and ends with the west. When he talks about creation, he says the evening and the morning were the first day. You say day and night, God says night and day. You're not in the building with me. Everything in the world that you are now a part of in the kingdom of God is diametrically opposed and mutually exclusive to everything in the kingdom you came out of. In the kingdom you came out of, grabbing for the gusto is up. But God said in his kingdom, up is not up, up is down. Because God exalts the man who humbles himself. In God's kingdom, what you would call the end, he calls the beginning. You look at Calvary as an ending, God sees it as a beginning. Hallelujah. So we're in 5784. If you want to wait till 2024 to get there, that's on you, but you're going to waste a quarter of the year. What we have entered into is Rosh Hashanah. It's easier to say in English, Rosh Hashanah. However you want to say it doesn't really matter. Potato, potato. Isn't, ain't. Over there, over yonder. They all mean the same thing. It's the beginning of the civil new year. So it's the civil new year. And at Rosh Hashanah, we begin another cycle, which is a 10-day cycle. Shout 10 days. Those are the days of awe. You say, why does this matter? Because God is going to do things in the next 10 days that his word promises us he will do at no other time during the year. I'm getting ahead of myself. We have now entered into a prophetic time of great overwhelming significance and of eternal consequence. Think about it. Geopolitically, beginning. Now, now you know, government people, they like to work on an eight-minute news cycle. But we are smarter than that. We still remember the most horrific and tragic withdrawal from Afghanistan, which mirrored the horrific and tragic withdrawal from Saigon. Some of you don't remember Saigon because you're not students of history. That's the reason you repeat the same mistakes. 
which is what we did at Saigon, repeated only even to a greater degree with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we have shed our blood for over 20 years. Began with that. And then from Afghanistan, then you've got Russia's invasion unprovoked into the sovereign nation of Ukraine. Now we have alliances between Russia and China, between China and Turkey, between Russia and Iran, between Iran and Syria, and now North Korea. As the leader of North Korea last Wednesday met with Vladimir Putin to discuss sharing arms. Well, guess who they want to share them against? Can you say Gog of Magog? If you don't understand what that is, get my series on it, and the front page of your newspaper will read like the back pages of your Bible. We got, we got chaos in the streets. The doomsday clock just got moved forward 10 seconds. It's now at 90 seconds as a result of the COVID epidemic. It's the bulletin of atomic scientists. And because of the escalation of Russia's invasion into Ukraine. On August the 15th, Remember the Maui wildfires? What caused the Maui wildfires? It was a result of power lines and a power grid that was outdated. Oh, I don't know, climate change. I saw a basketball player perspiring the other day, came over to the bench and said, climate change. Go ahead and buy your electric car so that we can use coal burning power plants for you to get your electric for your electric car from. Why are you so quiet? We're harming the planet. You can't harm the planet. That book tells you who has the power to make a new heaven and a new earth when he's tired of this one. I wish we'd just wake up. We just had a hailstorm with ping pong and baseball sized hail raining down in Minnesota, the heaviest in a hundred years with 70 mile per hour winds. August 28th, Hurricane Adalia. Category three, the strongest in 100 years. September 8th, Morocco, 6.8 magnitude earthquake, the largest in 100 years. 2,901 people confirmed dead. September 10th, Libya, massive flooding, 5,000 dead, 10,000 missing. Vladimir Putin of Russia just met with Kim Jong-un of North Korea to discuss armaments. Wednesday, September 13th, manhunt in Pennsylvania, Danilo Cavalcante. 
who is in this country illegally. On September 16th, the first time in American history that all three, the big three automakers, are all out on strike. What do you think is going to happen to the supply chain? Empty grocery store shelves again. One hundred and twenty-nine people in Sudan. One hundred and twenty-nine million are suffering extreme protein deficiency. Twenty-two million are starving to death at this moment. So don't complain when they mix up your McDonald's order. So far in 2023, only nine months in, there have been 23 $1 billion plus disasters in the United States. What's going on? Well, I'm going to answer that for you. You want to know? Because your Bible tells you exactly what's going on. You ready? Dr. Wendell Hutchins, the assistant general overseer of this profoundly powerful City Harvest Network, posted this this week. Let's make this week one of the most important of our lives. Listen to me. We are in the third feast season of the year. It, this season began on Friday. With me so far. It's the third one. There, is, there are two in the beginning of the spring. There is Passover, Pesach, and then there is Pentecost. Hallelujah. And then you wait all the way till September, October for the season we're in right now based on the moon. It's called the tabernacle season. Let's make this week one of the most important of our lives. I'd like to hear everybody shout, yes. yes. This is the week we make God king over America again. So how do we do that? Well, the Ribby wrote in 1968, God himself has come and asked us to recite before him. Stop there. Recite before him. He gave us for this decade. Open your mouth with a mighty decree and I will fulfill it. Now you see the words that you speak, so shall it be. Now in this season, he says to us, I want you to recite before me verses of scripture regarding the sovereignty. So then we begin to give expression to this when we make our prayers. Let God reign over the entire world. And more importantly, let God reign in America. And most importantly, let God reign on the throne of my life. The very request implies to us our readiness to place ourselves in the very hand of God. To be in a state of full conformity with God's divine sovereignty. 
to recognize that God is king over every aspect of our lives and for us to fully accept and embrace his kingship over every moment of every day in our lives, spirit, soul, and body. Shall crown him king. Now, Rosh Hashanah is called the open gate. Get ready, because we're entering 5784. Shout, there's an open gate. There's an open gate. There's an open gate. You know what an open gate means to people inside the gate? Freedom. Look at somebody and say, I'm coming out. But it's impossible to come out without going in. <laughs> Shout, I'm coming out and I'm going in. I'm coming out of poverty and into prosperity. I'm coming out of sin and into holiness. I'm coming out of sickness and into divine health. I wish somebody would shout, crown him king. Woo! Hear the open door. 5784, the year of the open gate, the year of the open door. And it's not gonna just fly open. Some doors are meant to be kicked in. Stop being one of these believers that act like you're a mouse in a maze. You come up against something that God told you to go possess and there's a gate or there's a door. First of all, he said, I'm gonna open it, but he's not gonna do it on his own. Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God forever surrendered his right to act independently in your life. When he says an open door and he says an open gate and he said, I want you on the other side of it and out of your mess and into my victory, he doesn't mean for you to get up to the door and stand there and sing kumbaya. He means grab a word. You touch somebody and tell them I got a word thing. A word. You've not been here on Wednesday, you don't know what I'm talking about. Watch this. In 2023, we've been in Psalm 23, yes? But this is 5784. Psalm 24 says this, wake up. Touch somebody and tell them, wake up. This is the Geritol or Red Bull verse, depending on your generation. Shout, wake up and crown him king. Wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doors of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he's about to come through. You say, who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, Jehovah Issues Hakaboth. The God of the angel armies. Shall come on, Yahweh. 
He's armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways. That's you. Pat yourself and say, wake up in there. Jesus is in there. You're in a storm. Get down in there and wake him up. Woo, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I'm still in Psalm 24. Here he comes. Woo. Come on, Jesus. Woo, here he comes. Woo. Fleeting wide, you eternal doors. The king of glory is ready to come in. Whew. Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Somebody just praise him for a minute. First uh, Corinthians 15, 51. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means die. But we shall be changed. And it's not going to take long. Everybody blink your eye one time. Blink it again. Blink it again. That's how fast we're going to change. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound. The dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, but we who are alive and remain shall, this mortal shall put on incorruption. Are you with me? And this mortal will put on immortality. Before we begin to explore the Feast of Trumpets, it's a high moedim, a high celebration. It is the beginning of this feast season called Tabernacles. Let me first remind you that the fall festivals in the Hebrew calendar begin in September in our Gregorian calendar. The first of the three feasts occurred in the first month of the Hebrew calendar, Nisan. It's April. In our calendar, then Pentecost occurs late in May or early in June. And then the fall feasts are a large jump to the end of the year in the fall between Pentecost and Tabernacles, where we are right now. Now that vast leap in time parallels a vast leap in emphasis. Get this. There is revelation in the separation. Two feasts occur very quickly. The spring, spring feast, Passover, Pentecost, one 50 days after the other in the spring of the year. They were about redemption. They were about deliverance. They were about God's provision and the revelation of God as king given to the Jews. The fall feast had a heavier tone to them, a tone that required an awakening. Shout, wake up. Wake up. 
and repentance which brings revival. Our king's judgment is on full display. And then at Yom Kippur, he makes all things new. A difference, again, between the spring feast and the fall feast is that while the spring festivals were fulfilled, if you miss this, you shouldn't have come today. You shouldn't be watching right now. So get this. The spring feast, Passover, fulfilled historically when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. Pentecost, 50 days later, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 50 days later, they were all in one place, in one accord, and there appeared a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house wherein they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as God began to cause them to give illustration to their original selves. You are a spirit first. That's why God gives us a different language than our native language. You with me so far? So that was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. So two out of three, historically fulfilled. The third one, much later, standing here all by itself. It's been a long time since the crucifixion and the resurrection and the day of Pentecost. A long time. Over 2,000 years. Those first two came within 50 days of each other. All this time waiting. All this time watching. These feasts have no historic fulfillment. They are waiting to be fulfilled. And guess how they start. The rabbis say, on Rosh Hashanah, everything we do is imbued with extreme significance. We stand in judgment before the heavenly court of our king. Every action. Oh, you don't like this. Every word, every thought, is scrutinized. The first fall feast is the feast of trumpets, the day of noise. Make noise. <laughs> Clap, shout, stomp your feet, scream, open your mouth with a mighty decree. This is the day of noise. The head of the year the civil new year. Secondly, Rosh Hashanah begins the days of all. That's for self-examination. 10 days, shout 10 days. Began on Friday. They end in Yom Kippur. Why do they end in Yom Kippur? Because after God opens that book, not the book of life, not the book of life, the book of remembrance, God opens it during Rosh Hashanah every year. He examines that book for 10 days that includes everything you've done in the last year, 
every action, every thought. That's why he says our posture should, should mimic that of a shofar, bent. You want to get the true sound of revival up out of you? Bow down. Because up is not up, up is down. And during these 10 days, God calls into righteous account for us to examine ourselves and then with all our hearts for 10 days seek his face. What does that have to do with this church? I think I wrote a book this year, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, repent from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their domain. Yes, he wants to heal the universe. Yes, he wants to heal America. Yes, he wants to heal your body. Yeah, but more than anything, he is seeking for you to enthrone him as king, king. I like this, you know why I like it? Some people don't like a king. I love a king. You know why? Because the king makes the decree, the law. Anything the king says has to be done. He said, I was saved. He said, I was healed. He said, I am prosperous. So during that 10 days, we repent. Repentance is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. I'll try again. Your Bible says repentance is a good thing. Because it takes off you what the devil put on and puts back on you what the devil took off. We can stop repenting when we stop sinning. Hebrews says, let us come before him with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. The cross of Christ was the price paid for access to the very face of God. The days of all remind all of us that our desires must be pure and our lives must be holy before God. So during these 10 days, he examines everything in those books. We're seeking his face. He's going through that book with our spirit saying, remember this? I want you to turn away from that and turn toward me with your whole heart. I want you to embrace me as king over this area of your life where you've got another king on the throne. And then at the end of those 10 days, the day of atonement, Yom Kippur. Now some of you are feeling bad. I mean, if we took the last year and put it up here on this screen, All the lies you've told, half-truths, a whole lie. 
all the things that you've done that you don't post on your Instagram? The thoughts you've had? I knew a man that was put in solitary confinement. He had murdered. He had raped. He was a horrible person. His name was Ron DePriest. Look it up sometime. They put him in solitary confinement and they left him in there so long that he had beaten the concrete walls with his fist and broken every bone in both of his hands. They left him in there so long that his hands froze that way. So when they got him out, they put his hand down on an anvil and they bent it as much as they could and they took a hammer and they rebroke all of those bones with no anesthetic so that they would heal straight. Rhonda Priest, his motorcycle gang name was Loco. He was about six foot nine and about 350 pounds. And he stood in front of me and wept like a child. And he said, Pastor Parsley, the problem with the church is they all think worse than the things I've done. Let me just slide this in under the doorpost. If you watch it and take pleasure in it, you might as well be doing it. It's quiet in here. This is what we do during this time. This is what we do. Then when we get 10 days later, next Sunday, Monday, the feasts are always sundown to sundown. God declares the day of atonement. What does that mean? Doesn't matter what you've uncovered. Doesn't matter what he's read to your spirit out of his book of remembrance. He takes the blood of his son and puts it on everything you've repented of. And he seals that book for the next year. Just go like this. Thank you, my king. Thank you, my Jesus. I challenge every one of us who bury his name to be that bride of Christ who, according to Revelation 19, 7, has made herself ready for the wedding of the Lamb. Rosh Hashanah is, according to the sages, the day of the coronation of God as king, both nationally and personally. And the blast from the shofar is meant to shake the people of God to awaken us to honor our great God as the absolute king and sovereign of our lives and the universe that he created. On Rosh Hashanah, the high priest would take a ram's horn, a shofar, is made of a ram's horn. You see how hard that is? Do you know what it is? It's made of hair. 
That's just hair. And it never stops growing. They came to anoint Saul, king of Israel. And your Bible said they took a cruise of oil. A cruise is a man-made vessel. But David was anointed with oil from a ram's horn. God made. God wants to make you a king in his likeness. On that day, whoo, those priests lined up by the hundreds and everyone with the shofar to his mouth did not blow it one time. The only place in your Bible they blew it 100 times, announcing, summoning us to repentance, summoning us to crown him as king, calling us with a signal to awaken. Then they would make a sacrificial offering, and then the people would celebrate and eat and rejoice together. You miss everything else today, get this. This is the only feast yet to be fulfilled. Do you know why all this trouble happens during this season? Because the devil has a Bible too. And he's smarter than most believers. He knows that there must be on earth an historic fulfillment of that feast. It begins with the blast of the trumpet. The trump of God shall sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up into the clouds. Jesus is not coming to the earth. He, this is his appearing. He will appear in the clouds. And we'll leap like a heart over this, off of this earth, like a metal to magnet. That's the rapture. And the devil knows he's got seven more years. We're all gone. Your Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour of the return of Christ. I don't know the day and I don't know the hour, but I know the season. The season is tabernacles. We're in it right now. It is his promise. We prepare ourselves. What are we really preparing for? Like a bride in a Jewish wedding, we are washing ourselves to meet the bridegroom right now. I hope you're not a foolish virgin. I hope you've got your wicks all trimmed, cutting off the flax. That's the church just making a lot of smoke and noise. People buy candles now that...
Well, that only happens when a wick is too long. And you're not burning the fuel, you're burning the wick. Keep your wicks, your lamps trimmed and burning. If there was ever a 10 days in your life for you to turn off the noise, clear the stage, go before God. It's right now. And when you do, he's going to wash you. Hey! Today can be your day of atonement. <laughs> he can wash it all away. But soon and very soon, the trump is going to sound. During tabernacles, one of these years, now you have this promise, if Jesus doesn't come during this season, which will end a week from now, if he doesn't come, which I'm looking for him every day, nothing needs to be fulfilled before the rapture. Nothing. Could be a hundred years from now. Could be before you get home today. Is your family in? Are you in? If he doesn't come, those of us who believe and know will receive in this year, which is a leap year in our calendar and a double Adar year in God's calendar. That means everything doubles. Whew. And he promised us seven blessings during this time if he doesn't come and the devil knows so he's doing his best to wreak havoc in your life to cause you to doubt to cause you to fear to cause you to worry to cause you to have anxiety and nervous breakdowns to attack your body to attack your family to distract you from what you're supposed to be doing, and that is looking for his appearing. Here's what he promises you. Number one, a double portion anointing. Number two, they're all in Joel chapter two. Number two, a financial breakthrough. They're also blessed. They're ready to write out that $100,000 check right now. Either Jesus is coming or you get a double portion financial blessing. I'm going to get mine. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to get mine. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. 
No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.